This is the Poppin' Kernels Podcast. So grab some salt and butter and settle in for Poppin' Kernels. Am I good here? Yeah, you're perfect. Yeah. I've got questions. Well, we're at Tee it high, let it fly. Yeah. This is the first episode of Poppin' Kernels, and we want to get right into How'd it. How'd you come up with Poppin' Kernels? Uh-huh. That's all Kylie. <laughs> I wanted something related to the corn huskers and corn, and then yeah. we kind of were just out one night with my family, and my brother came up with it, and then we started saying, what's poppin'? That's poppin'. And That's we kind of just ran with it, and I mm-hmm. think it's kind of fun, so... That's yeah. how we came it's up with that. Good. And why my dumbass? Because you seem like a character. Well, I don't know about that. It's <laughs> a squirrel looking for a nut, man. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Kylie, did you introduce me as a special guest? No. Oh, I would. I would like to be introduced as a special guest every time. <laughs> Not if you could, Mario. If you could make that happen for me, that would be great. That is awesome. But- Okay, Mario, let's just get into some questions. Let it rip. You've been coaching quarterbacks as long as we've been alive. Yes, this is true. What is your favorite thing about coaching? Coaching or coaching quarterbacks? Either one or both. Well, coaching, it's probably the relationships you build with the players. You know, that's special. Mm -hmm. And you get a chance to watch young guys grow in a really highly competitive environment where you're talking about high school football or junior college football or here or the NFL, whatever it might be. So that's always, um, that, that's a special thing. Young guys sometimes go through hot spots, if you will, in their life and they're trying to get through it and trying to get them to, uh, and help them to get through it is, is a special thing. As we relate to coaching the quarterback position, <laughs> It's a it's a crazy ass position to coach, you know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Very intense, a lot of pressure and all that sort of business. So, you do your best that you possibly can not to even recognize it. But apart from that, the science that's related to the position I coach, there's so many different facets to it that, with regards to doing the research in those particular facets, that has been uh, a joy. Yeah. When you talk about the pressure, what is the pressure like here versus any other place you coach? You're at Nebraska, and it's a little more intense. You a have... little more intense? <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Let's hear it. No, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, without the fans, um, we wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. You True. Know? So you love the fact that they're as passionate and as interested and certainly as supportive as they are. You know, I, when I first got here, I did not realize the number of sellouts. You know, that that's 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 amazing. And then when I got here and then, you know, Frosty tried to let me know a little bit about it when we were leaving UCF. And you get a sense of it. You know, you've been at di- different Division One programs, either uh, in a home situation or visiting or whatever it may be. But, man, when... We got on the field for that first spring game and the place was nuts and it was sold out. You know, you, you, for me, I really understood it at that moment. Mm-hmm. For you a know, practice. Yeah. So, so as, 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 as much of the um, quote unquote pressure, if you will, that's associated with particularly the position that I coach, I, I really enjoy the fans and that, that passion that they have for Nebraska football. Um, and the only 
person that I know that's more passionate than they are is Coach Frost, mm -hmm. you know, and we're working feverishly to get this place back to its rightful place in the college football world. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've been in Lincoln for a few years. What do you think about living in Nebraska? Love it. Do you? Yeah. Love the people. Me too. Love the city. It's interesting because, you know, it's just 350, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You never really get that sense that you're in a city that size, at least for me anyway, since I've no, been No, I here. agree. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm driving around, which doesn't happen very much, uh, that's always something that occurs to me, you know. It, it seems like a small town, but it's really not. Yep. And I think that's a little bit, if not a lot of the appeal for the guys that finally get here to visit, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they think it's a football stadium with a bunch of cornfields until they until they get here, truly. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, my wife and I just love it here. Good. Know? When you guys got the job and you had to recruit Adrian, it was in a really short amount of time and you guys kind of threw out all the stops. Can you talk about that trip? Well, what's interesting about it is, you know, we started recruiting Adrian when he was um, a junior, actually going into his junior year. And as time went by, uh, you know, he had offers from everywhere. This is what, during our time at UCF. So there came a point in time when, you know, he said, hey, Coach Verdue, I love you and everything, but, you know, I can go anywhere I want to, and I, I'm <laughs> probably going to go to a different place, which was great. I told him, well, if anything changes, you, you let us know. Uh, well, to make a long story really monotonous, <laughs> we're in our second year, and obviously things unfolded the way they did. We end up going undefeated. Right after the championship game, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the hotel and we had found out that we would be going to Nebraska. So I talked to Frosty and I asked him, I said, do you want me to, to get a hold of Adrian or still pursue that? He goes, absolutely. And I had a good uh, relationship with his head coach, Coach P., so I called Coach P on the phone. I said, hey, Coach, you think Adrian would be interested in knowing now that we're, we're going to Nebraska? At that particular point in time, he was still committed to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So uh, Coach P said, yeah, you know, why don't you go ahead and give him a call? Well, I thought it would be more important and indicative of his interest if he called me. So I told Coach P, let Adrian know. Uh, and then if he's interested, have, have him give me a call. So within about 30 seconds outside the hotel, I'm out there in the parking lot like a madman. Adrian called me on the phone. I asked him, hey, would, would, would you be interested? And he goes, yeah, coach, I, I would be. Uh, he said, but you know, I'm still committed to Tennessee. I, I said, that, that's fine, great. Just wanna know if you're interested. So I, I had went out there and saw him again. During that period of time, we were gonna fly out to see him during bull prep and we were supposed to go back to see him, me and Frosty together on a Friday. And so during that practice week, Frosty says in a staff meeting that, well, Mario and I are leaving to go to California, <laughs> to go to California. Anyway, we make, we make the trip to California. And what was interesting about it is that Frosty was sick. I mean, he, he was sick with the flu. I mean, he was... He was not in a good way at all. 
But once we got in the house and we talked to Adrian, his parents, you would have, you'd have never known it. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he was just, if you've ever met Coach Frost, he's just Scott Frost, man. It was awesome. And so we flew back, and we, when we got out there, we had the meeting with family and whatnot, and we had to be back by, at the airport by 9 o'clock to fly back to Florida. Well, we got back in Florida for bowl practice at, in, uh, at UCF at 5.30 in the morning. That's crazy. And so um, I'm usually an early bird anyway, so I just went to the office. Frosty went back, thank God, because he was sick and got a couple hours sleep and got back, and then we had practice. And as it turned out, <laughs> Adrian may have committed to him when we were that, there that night, but Frosty didn't tell me. So what ended up happening, I think Adrian maybe wanted to keep it underneath his belt, but he finally did commit to us, and that was very exciting for us because we felt like we got um, one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel like that today? Absolutely. There's kind of some new faces in the quarterback room, yeah. people that we don't really know or yes. haven't seen yet. So can yes. you tell us a little bit about them? Well, Matt Masker was a young guy that was a walk-on for us from Carney Catholic. Yep. And Matt is a tremendous young guy, tremendous competitor, tough-ass Nebraska guy. You know, just you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I know. Yep, we know that and kind. just a joy to be around. Hell of a competitor, great kid, and has done a tremendous job. He gained... 10 or so pounds since he's been here, if not more, and then cut off two-tenths of a second off his 40 time. Nice. So he's worked really hard and is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Logan Smothers. We nicknamed him D'Artagnan. I was going right. to ask you about your nickname for yeah, him. Yeah, D'Artagnan, man. He, it's hilarious. <laughs> he, he just came to me one day. He walked in the quarterback room, and his hair is flowing. He had Fu Manchu. I said, it's freaking D'Artagnan. <laughs> he's a great kid. Tremendous competitor. We felt very fortunate to get him. He committed to us early. Just a joy to be around. And I would say that about all the guys in the room. The quarterbacks that we recruited are, are, are good young guys. Competitors, we require that they support each other no matter who's starting. And I tell them from the outset, if I hear anything different, someone's head's going to roll. <laughs> yeah. So Logan Smothers, D'Artagnan, is a, is a, is a really a, a good young cat. And obviously, you know, Adrian and then the new young guy on the block is Heinrich Harburg, also from Kearney Catholic. Yep. When we first recruited Heinrich, when we first saw him, he was a, a sophomore. And guy, he looked like a a giraffe <laughs> just coming out of the womb. And his freaking legs were <laughs> all over hell. And he just looked, he hadn't grown into his body yet, right? And so I went back and watched him his junior year. And I went back to Sean Dillon. I said, Sean, we got we to gotta get this guy in front of Coach Frost right because he's really grown in his body more athletic and all that sort of stuff and we knew he had a gun and then uh we made the offer and decided to commit to us we had to battle a couple schools for him but just another neat kid just great awesome awesome, awesome young guy another fun story that i read about when you were recruiting logan you actually went to his hometown when he wasn't there and went to his brother's basketball games he had all-star practice and it was important just for me, not even for Logan, just to make certain that they knew that we were going to make the effort, regardless of whether Logan was there or not, if for no other reason, just to make certain that we got to know mom and dad better and, and the brothers better and, and, and so on and so forth. And that was, that was, that was awesome. And 
his grandmom uh, cooked a beautiful country meal, man. It was freaking <laughs> tremendous now. I mean, everything was from scratch and from their garden. I mean, it was That's awesome. the best. Yeah, so it was a good time. and we went to the basketball game and had, a good, and had a lot of fun. I've heard that you're big on recipes. So can yeah. you tell us one of your favorite recipes? Well, yeah, you know, what's interesting is the guys come over for to take their test and all that sort of business. You may have heard about that, but it doesn't matter. They come over and then... Once they're done, we have a big Italian feast. So I'll cook them whatever they want. Usually my wife is there, Kate, with, with us. But we'll cook and we'll, we'll, we'll just have a great time. My favorite dish for myself to make, aside from bolognese pasta, is cipino, which is Italian fish stew. Absolutely love that. Yeah. I come from an Italian family, so I'm big on pasta and oh, sauces. Oh, no. Yeah, man. So you might have to have us over for some Italian food. Hey, you let me know and we'll take care of it. Yeah. All right. That sounds well, good to we'll me. We'll have a feast. I don't eat carbs, but I'll make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> so with COVID, has yeah. that how's that been with recruiting? Because I'm sure you miss being out and getting to know yeah, families. I, and... You know, I, I I'm okay on the Zoom stuff. You know, I you know it is what it is. Right. I, I I just think I do a heck of a lot better with parents and the players face to face. Yep. That idea that they're coming here. I'm that way. Coach Frost is that way that we want them to come here and enjoy their college experience. Yep. We're going to work harder than anybody in the country, but at the same time, let's have a little fun and, and enjoy ourselves. And me being able to get in front of them and talk about that part of who we are as a football program, I, I do better when I'm in front of parents and they kind of figure out in about five seconds I'm a total goofball. So yep. that kind of relaxes them a little bit. You want to be able to connect with these families and yeah. show them that you're going to take care of their son while yeah. they're here. Yeah, that, that that that's certainly really important, particularly when you're talking about the quarterback room. You know, when you when there's a group of offensive linemen or wide receivers or whatever, there might be 17, 18, whatever X amount of guys uh, in the room. Our room is really intimate, number one. Number two, it's quite possibly the most pressurized position in all of college athletics. Mm -hmm. And so... It's important for them to understand. And, you know, one of the questions that, you know, you ask a young guy, do you have any questions? And typically they don't. But there's two questions they should always ask, and I have for them. But, you know, it's, if you decide to go to school, what's going to be their evaluation process for determining whether you're one, two, three, four, five on the depth chart? That's one question they should always ask. The second question is, you know, what's the coaching style? What's your coaching style, coach? You know, if there are a young guy who would rather not have his – Stones busted 24 7, 365 days a year. And some coaches will say they want to do that because they want to prepare you for playing in front of 95,000 or whatever it is people. I don't know that Bill Walsh would agree with that, and I certainly don't. <laughs> if they don't mind being coached that way, then great. If that's that coach's coaching style. But if he's like that and you would rather not be coached that way, maybe that's not where you should go. The secondary question as a follow up is well, you know, how do you find out about that? When you go on your official visit, you can ask the other players, ask the other quarterbacks, and if you get a red flag, maybe you should chase it down. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that there's been a change in, as you've coached over the years, kind of how players at that age respond to different coaching styles? I think at least, I shouldn't use the word think, but it's been my observation that sort of style where... 
it's come hell or high water, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, there's an important facet to that. And that's important. But I think the young guys across the board, I think this has always been the position or the characterization of quarterback. They want to know why, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, I let them know, you know, there's a difference between asking questions and questioning. You know, yep. but yeah, I would, I would say over the last X amount of years, guys are a little bit, I don't want to use the word sensitive. I don't think right. that's the correct word, but I think they appreciate knowing why they're doing X, Y, Z more than they have in the past. Yep. How do you guys connect with Gen Z students? We're in this era of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and branding and all of that. And then you have coaches like yourself who've coached in the game for so long. And it can be hard to relate. How do you make sure you're connecting with those players? Well, I I don't know about uh, Coach Frost. He's a young cat, you know. (laughs) But for for myself, I I, I try not to make the guys not try. I, I just don't make them think that I know more about anything than I do. I am who I am, right? And we tell that to the guys when we recruit them. Who you see is who you're going to get. Once you get her, I'm not going to turn into, you know, to to Mr. Hyde, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm sensitive to the generation's ears and all that sort of business in terms of what they go through. Obviously, their life as 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds is a boatload more complicated than when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, but just as, just as a young cat growing up, you yeah. know, there's it's just it's nuts, you know. So, but the young guys, I I think they they appreciate who I am, you know. I try not to be someone that I'm not, and I think they appreciate that because young guys, in my experience, particularly in football, boy, they can smell a phony from a million miles away. Mm-hmm. I think that translates you said to the media that you need to work on adrian holding the damn football and not um, <laughs> fumbling yeah, I so guess much I did, huh? <laughs> so what do those drills look like in practice is is there a football in his backpack or no you know sometimes if you if you make too much of a big deal about it, it exacerbates the problem as i had told coach frost our issues typically uh, since we've been here, for for us, haven't been in in practice. You know, we're really good about taking care of the ball and that sort of stuff, whether it's interceptions or fumbles. The issue has been during the course of a game. You know, I'll take for example the last game that we played this past year against Rutgers. You know, as I made the comment in the media, it was the best game and the worst game I've ever seen. He wants to win so bad. And he wants to make every play so bad. Sometimes it gets in the way of him demonstrating that he cares for his teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, and without bringing up another quarterback, but I told Mackenzie Milton because <laughs> Mackenzie, oh man, his freshman year is wild now. <laughs> and, you know, take care of the ball, take care of your teammates, so on and so forth. But the thing that really got to him it seemed to me that really flipped the switch in his brain was I said, if you really care for your teammates and you love those guys, you'll take care of the damn football, you know? So with regards to, to, to Adrian, he, he just has to trust his 
teammates, particularly the guys on defense. Coach Chenander doesn't want to see a turnover. Guys on defense don't want to see turnovers, man. That, you know, and they love him too, right? But yeah, I, yeah. I, I would imagine they want to, you know, ring him by his friggin' neck. <laughs> you know? Uh, but when you watch what he did in that game from the turnover standpoint, it, it he, you could just see he was just playing his ass off. He just has to learn and to understand that it's not he's not going to win the game. We're going to win the game as a team. So let your teammates help you. With the quarterback position specifically last year, there was a lot of pressure and a lot of changes. And watching Adrian grow and take that captain role, even when he was sitting on the sidelines, was really impressive to see, especially for how young he is. So can you just talk about how last season matured Adrian? One of the questions that was <clears throat> was asked of me, I forget, it might have been Evan Bland who, who asked me the question, something to do about Luke pushing him last year and so that's foreign that's foreign to me for quarterbacks you know and because typically quarterbacks are self-starters and 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 they're going to be competitive no matter what and that's what I had assumed was the case with Adrian but when he had made the comment that you know Luke had pushed him and so on and so forth well that was that was a, a bit enlightening for me. Typically, guys aren't, aren't like that. Uh, I made the comment as well that I'm certain he's learned his lesson and he won't fall back in that pitfall again this year. Evan Bland runs my fantasy baseball league. Does he really? Yeah. He's a good man, <laughs> Evan. What is it like coaching the quarterback position with a head coach that played the position and that's kind of been his coaching role? Does it make it easier to collaborate with each other or can you talk about that relationship that you have with him some coaches might take that in a being in that position kind of um uh, as a negative sometimes you know they got quote unquote someone looking over their shoulders and all that sort of business you know and i don't look at it like that at all he's a guy who's he freaky coached marcus mariota to the heisman trophy for god's sake <laughs> he knows our offense forward and backwards Mm-hmm. So if there's any advice or there's any suggestions he gives, man, let's go. Let's let's do it. I think Coach Frost and I have a, a really good working relationship. You know, I respect him uh, immensely for everything he's done. And um, shit, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything there is to do to ensure that that not only are, is Nebraska football successful, but that Scott Frost is successful. Me too. So, can you get Scott Frost on the show? Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll certainly ask him if that's <laughs> that's you know, a goal. We'll, we'll 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 get it done. We'll figure yes. out a way. He's a busy man now. You know, he's, yeah. he's a boatload busier than I am. Yes, that's true. Can yeah. you walk us through what your average day in oh. spring practice looks like? The the average day, you know, typically I'm an early riser and I'll get to the office anywhere between 4.30 and 6.30 in the morning. And then during the season, it's 3.30 in the morning, possibly. So I get in, get in the morning, make sure the scripts are ready to go for the for the quarterbacks, Coach, Coach Scoop and myself. And then we'll, we'll have a meeting. So, you know, there'll be a special teams meeting. So we'll always meet during special teams, right? Because our guys aren't involved in that. So we'll get an extra. 20 minutes of meeting time. We'll either have our meeting up in the quarterback room or we'll go on to the field and go through our scripts and go through warm and some other things that we need to get taken care of for that practice. We have practice. Practice is over. 
I go back in the office and I grade all the clips and then make comments. That gets pushed off to their iPad so they can watch that on their own so we don't waste up meeting time unless there's something in addition that I need to make a point with regards to those clips that I've commented on. And I get that stuff ready because then in the evening we'll have a meeting at around five o'clock. In between that time, then we'll sit together as an offensive staff and, and watch all of practice. And Coach Frost will ask questions. He'll say something about the quarterbacks. Mario, I need this done, or what do you think about that, or whatever it might be. So we'll make our corrections. So if there's anything I may have missed, I want to make sure I get his comments off to our quarterbacks, whatever it might be. So once that, that meeting's over, get some work done. If the scripts are ready for the next practice, whatever they might be, take care of that. Then we have a staff meeting at, at 3.30. After the staff meeting, I typically go out and run. run. <laughs> I shuffle <laughs> for, for 40, minutes a, 40 minutes a day. Get your steps in. Uh, it's more of a shuffle <laughs> yeah, is what it ends up being. So that goes for 40 minutes, and I do that on the concourse if it's cold. Otherwise, I'd go out on the fields and, and make sure I get my 40 minutes in. And then uh, if there's anything left to do with regards to the scripts, then great, I'll get that taken care of. If not, then I'm home and relaxing a little bit. What does that look like? What do you uh, do at home? Home and relaxing? Yeah. Well, I'll make myself a little food, get a chance to relax. Now, Kate isn't here in Lincoln right now. We kept our little bungalow by UCF. So it. she's down there with our with our son right now. So she's having fun in the in the warm weather and the sunshine and all that. I'll watch a um, little boob tube, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy watching old reruns of, of Friends. Yeah. I enjoy watching Ridiculousness with uh, Deer Deck. It's <laughs> freaking hilarious, right? I uh, love Rob Deer Deck yeah, too. It, it's awesome, right? Yes. Uh, Stilo Grimm and uh, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> West Coast, what's her first name? Uh, Chanel. Chanel. Yeah, Chanel. West Coast. Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll do that. And then I'm usually in bed by about 10, something like that, thereabouts. And when does the alarm go off? Uh, depends, you know, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So are you a coffee drinker or where do you get your I, energy from? I usually have one cup of coffee a day, maybe two, but I'm just wired up. You know, I just, I think the, the thing. The thing about it is, if you really enjoy what you're what you're doing, you know you can't. I can't wait to get to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know the hardest thing for us right now is going through this building process. You know it's just it's difficult, and we knew we were going to go through it, but knowing you're going to go through something doesn't make it any freaking easier. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I really enjoy coming to work. Always have. You know, you never know if your being is true being. You don't know if your consciousness is true consciousness. But you always do know where your bliss is. And if you can find your bliss and you can find that rapture that, that brings you that, um, that joy in life and melts your butter, I think that's how you'll get a chance to maybe experience a blink of true consciousness and true being. I think he just wrote a Poppin' yeah. Colonel's tagline with Preach. the melt and butter line. <laughs> you did. You did. So going off that, what are you most proud of since you've come here? That I'm not mentally insane. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't lost my marbles yet. You know, 
I came here with, with great faith that we're going to get this thing taken care of. Uh, as I said, for, for all the Nebraska fans and Coach Frost, despite those dark moments, I'm, I don't know if the, 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 the right word is, is, is proud or pride, whatever. Uh, and I meant that in a kind of a funny way, but, you know, I haven't lost my wits or my sense of enthusiasm for the challenge that's before us. And um, I've been in those situations where you can see coaches wane, you know, and the fingers start getting pointed at certain things. And uh, I, I just, I will never, ever go down that road and, and do that. That takes a really strong coach to be that way, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, I kept the faith, man. Got it. Fired up. Excited. Let's go. Let's get it Let's done. Let's go. Love it. Let's go. What's your favorite cigar? Well, these are Roma de Cubas. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, I stopped dipping about five years ago, six years ago, maybe, thereabouts. So the cigars keep me from dipping. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. that is good. 2021. We don't do that. The thing is, you know, you, I can't go to... I, Frosty would kill me if I went to practice with a freaking cigar in my mouth. So, <laughs> so I can't dip at practice. Right. Right. And sometimes I would go to bed with a dip in my mouth. How freaking nuts is that? Yeah. So I can't, I can't go to bed with a cigar in my mouth. No. So it, um, it helps. Yeah. Do you have any advice for women in sports looking to work in their dream jobs? Get after it. Stay the course. It's that idea that we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, if that's what melts your butter and floats your boat and gets you excited about getting up in the morning, don't let anybody discourage you. I love it. Megan told me that she told you about the confession. So do you have a confession? Yeah, I have one. I have one confession. I absolutely do. I'm hopelessly in love with my wife, Kate. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's a good confession. That's that's one confession I, I, I can make. With coaches, the wife's role is just really hard because you're so busy and you're never at home. So to have that like strong connection at home, it's important, and it takes a strong woman to be in that role. Well, yeah, you know, and it just so happened her her dad was a ball coach uh, at Washington State, Stanford, so she had a little bit of that sense. When we were at Rutgers, you know, we worked uh, feverishly to get that place cranked up, and uh, you know, you're working. And Coach Shea was uh, was a bit of a workaholic, and I was right there with him all the time, late at night, early, early in the morning. And I remember we were working one one night, and our offensive line coach happened to be in his office. He comes down. I'm in the office with Coach Shea, and, and Coach Lab says, hey, Terry, why, why don't you let Mario go home? It's his, it's his son's birthday. You know, and I, I didn't get home till 10 o'clock. Yeah. But that's coaching. That's how it is, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be home with Kate and Charles, you know, I love them dearly, but that's what was required mm-hmm. at the time, just like it is now. Yeah. So we have a confession for you. Okay, and, let her rip. Um, we both have the same confession, actually, because yes. we discussed this. Yes. Neither of us have ever smoked a cigar before, so. We never have. We thought we would get well, one. Well, we got one. New, is that we, a new world? I don't know. We don't know. So here's what happened. So I went to the cigar store and I said, hello, I need two cigars. And the guy said, are these for you? And I said, well, yes. sort of. <laughs> sort of. So awesome. he gave me these. 
but yeah. we got them for free and yeah. we brought our Mario glasses because we thought that you were gonna <laughs> we have your glasses. So we wanted to we sit got... and share with you yeah. um, a cigar, our first cigar. Can we light them? Uh, I mean... Not in the building, <laughs> not in the building. Yeah, figured as much you guys get ripped for that one. <laughs> yeah. well, that's really nice, We set that's off sweet. the fire alarm. Maybe when we come over for our big Italian dinner. Yeah. Like, we'll sit on the porch, we'll have bring... a glass of red wine and smoke a cigar. Yeah. I love Sign it. We'll make it happen. I'd rather have a beer. Well, we'll we'll, we'll make sure we get you a beer. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for Absolutely. coming on. Yeah, yes. thank you. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate everything that you're doing with the program, and it's good to just see Nebraska be in a different light, and it's really nice getting to know you and your personality. So thank you. Well, we'll uh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, and I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do about getting Coach Frosty over here to. Spend some time with sounds good with Meg and Kyler. <laughs> <laughs>